This edition of the House of Cards recap here on Post Show Recaps is sponsored today by Grays.com. Look, you don't have to be the president of the United States with a busy schedule like President Hale to know that it's hard to find good snacks on the go that are both tasty and healthy. Grays.com wants to show you the tasty side of healthy snacking. You can try it for yourself for free when you use the code ROB. Grays.com is a snack service that delivers tasty and nutritious snacks right to your work or home. All snacks come in perfectly portioned packs, great for on the go and treating yourself without overdoing it. From savory combos to flapjacks, cookie dippers, they've got a vast variety of over 100 unique snack combinations, and there's always something new to try, like turtle pie, which is raw pecans, vanilla pumpkin seeds, salted caramel, milk, chocolate, and mini cocoa cookies. Or how about cookies and cream, mini cocoa cookies, white chocolate buttons, chocolate fudge, and sunflower seeds. When you sign up, browse and rate all the snacks to help Gray's pick a personalized box to suit your preference. Each snack is approved by the in-house nutritionist and contains no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives, so you can feel good about what you're snacking on. So go to Gray's.com, that's G-R-A-Z-E.com now, to get a free trial box that includes four of the top-rated and most delicious snacks use the promo code rob that's graze.com with promo code rob for your free box of graze snacks House of Cards Season 6 Episode 7 is over, but we are just getting started here on the House of Cards post-show recap. And now here are the two guys who are back for another cockamamie recap. Don't use dad's word. I am Rob Sestrini here with Zach Brooks. Zach, how are you? Oh, no, 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 not now. No, not now. (laughs) Yes, now. We're going to deliver this podcast, I guess. No, not yet. Not yet. No, it's happening. It is happening and we are ready to go and we are up to the penultimate episode of House of Cards. Time to talk about chapter number 72 as the stage is set for a final standoff between President Hale and Doug Stamper. Yeah, you called it and I agreed with you, but you were the first one on this train of it's going to be Doug versus Claire. It's going to be the collision course. Yeah. The Obi-Wan versus Anakin. We'll see who gets the high ground. So, yeah, this is it. I also want to say that I think we are going to see young Frank Underwood in the finale. I think we're going to see the flashback young Frank Underwood in the finale. Oh, all right. I will take the other side of that bet. Because okay. I think if they didn't show him in this episode, I was like, oh, they're really dancing around showing anything that's Frank Underwood at all. So I, I think you need him in the finale. I think that the young Frank, Underwood, which I think we've joked about over the years of the uh, young Frank Underwood uh, chronicles so. of like coming up in the 70s as a politician <laughs> spinoff, yeah. spinoff. I think that once upon a time might have been palatable. I think uh, we will see him. I think that they wanted to have like the Frank Underwood character in there for the finale. I think I, I think we do see that Claire we see like the second half of the um, teen or the, you know, y- the adult young adult Claire. 
Yes, the decision that Claire makes yes, to, I go with, to go with Frank or Reed. Right. I think that we see Claire go back and accept young Frank Underwood's proposal and then have like some condition of like, yes, I will marry you, but uh, like, I'll always do what I want. Like something like something like that. I feel like I think we will sure, always keep the door open. Do you yeah. think young Frank Underwood is going to be played by like a CGI Tom Hanks? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just to complete the Forrest Gump circle of, uh, <laughs> of Claire Underwood. Because Robin Wright was in Forrest Gump. I, mean, I could have picked somebody from uh, from Princess Bride as well, I guess. Maybe. Maybe, Andre uh, the Giant, maybe. young Andre the Giant, I think, might yes. play uh, the 22-year-old Frank Underwood. Okay. So, so much is uh, going on here, Zach, after a big time jump. Four months has passed since chapter number 71. Yeah, I was wondering at first, and obviously I got my answer, but I wasn't sure if we were seeing a flashback to Doug burying uh, Rachel or if we were seeing Doug jumping in time forward. But obviously I got my answer like five minutes into the episode. Yeah. Why was Doug digging up Rachel? Uh, Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. Did Rachel have the other part of like he had the USB stick, but he needed the phone? Frankly, what does Rachel have to do with any of this? I have no idea. They really, I mean, are they just like, oh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a big hit, so we need to remind people, like, hey, yeah, yeah, but she got her start on House of Cards, all right? She was the she was the marvelous Rachel Posner before she was a marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's the most random of loose ends that they could potentially be trying to weave back into the story. I understand, you know, six seasons, and I guess that because Doug has such a big role here in the final season, that I guess that that was Doug's story for you know uh, a good chunk of the first two and a half seasons so i guess we needed to integrate but who who else is like i that you know Hammerschmidt mentioned rachel a little bit but kind of feel like that janine's not even working that angle so i'm not sure why the uh the rachel of it all is uh playing a factor and what is doug doing with her body why does he need it i mean i guess he's just got to bury it again he's got to bury rachel one more time uh he dug it up and he's burying her again but it it doesn't make any sense to me, and I think we talked about this earlier in the season two. Like, what what are they even going to do? Like, if somebody found Rachel's body, that would link to a whole bunch of dead people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it could be, you know, the the magic bullet that sinks the Underwood slash Hale administration. But mm-hmm. it would take a lot of stuff. I think there's a lot of other loose ends that they could get if they really wanted to take down Claire. That would not be Rachel and. Um, I wrote down a lot of these loose ends that we have going into the finale, and Rachel is not anywhere on my list. Sense, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what is Doug's end game here. Does Doug want to uh, to defend Frank, take down Claire, and then will he, will he take the fall for everything and and say, "Look, here is Rachel, and I killed her, and I did it for Claire Underwood." Uh, maybe, maybe he's going to work with Petrov to get some fake news out there to say that. Claire Underwood stood by while she watched Frank Underwood push uh, Rachel or well, I guess he pushed Zoe, watched Frank Underwood set up Rachel for the Pete Rousseau meeting. I, well, why would Petrov do that? Well, Petrov is all about this fake news. He yeah. told Claire in their in their Skype call that uh, there's lots of fake news coming out about Frank. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, we did see Petrov again as well. We did see him again. And, um, you know, I, that it was my understanding that scene. That was exactly what Claire wanted. She wants lots of fake news about Frank Underwood. Yes. Uh, she was like, oh, that would be it like, was oh, very Frank Underwood esque. Like, She's like, yeah, that, would oh, be so that would be tragic. terrible if that happened. Yes. I wouldn't I wouldn't like to see that at all. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This season, more than any other, has reacted to real life events, I feel like. So many things in this. I'm like, all right, yes, I get it. This was made after 2016, after the election. Um, last year didn't seem like it was quite as much like, oh, here's Russian fake news. And here's a social media company that's stealing everybody's information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there, there's a lot going on here. So let's just try to uh, piece it together after the time jump and then figure out where we go from here. Because we have Claire and, and boy, Claire Underwood or Claire Hale's popularity over the course of the series is either sky high. Everybody loves her or she's polling at zero percent popularity. She's either <laughs> zero or 100 at all times. Yes, she's a volatile stock for sure. Yes, and uh, she is soaring. She's at all-time high. 70%. Which is, yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine that's really high for any president. I don't know if any president has had a 70% approval rating anytime recently. I, I think George Bush, like, right after 9-11. I think that, uh, like, within, like, days after 9-11, I think is, like, sort of, like, the modern high. Yes, that, I think that sounds right. Right. But this is, like... Within like four months, uh, Claire Underwood was at like 10 percent popularity a couple months ago. Yes, but she embraced uh, women. She, she had a did. women's conference. She, a women's, had, she got pregnant. Cabinet. Yes, she got pregnant. Got pregnant. Yes. Yeah. So people uh, people love that. And so she's uh, she has so much popularity. But meanwhile, that there is a bill that is going to the Supreme Court where they're trying to really limit Claire Underwood or Claire Hale's power as president. And why again? I, I'm really confused. Like, why Why do we need to take her, her finger off of the nuclear button? I mean, it, it, this seems like such a weird thing that we are having, you know, a, a debate about. Yeah. And so I think there's probably a lot more wrapped up into that. It's not just that she doesn't have her hand on the nuclear button. Uh, but she probably just has a lot less power in general. And I actually kind of like it because it sets up, especially when we, later in the episode, when we had that meeting between um, between Abruzzo and Brett Cole and Claire. And we had a meeting between the judiciary branch, the executive branch and the legislative branch. Mm-hmm. I like that they introduced a bill that kind of tied all three of those branches of government together. Wow. And we also had. You're really uh, looking at the big picture here. Yes. I, I mean, we only have two episodes to go, so I feel like I really had to do my 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 work. I had to take five pages of notes for this episode. Uh, we also had Ico, who now is in possession of a nuclear device or is trying to get in possession of a nuclear device. So we're also setting up for the next episode, I think, some sort of nuclear event um, or nuclear threat. So they needed a bill. You know, the writers, they showed a bill that was going to be something around nuclear activity. Okay. Do you think a nuclear device will go off in the finale? No, I don't think a nuclear device will go off because I think our big action moment is going to be the assassination attempt, which I'm sure we will get to. Uh, But I do think there will be some sort of threat of nuclear something in the next episode from ICO um, to the United States. 
I do wonder, maybe, could we see this whole thing end up going uh, to, to hell in a handbasket? Where well, I mean, that would really that would really end my idea of uh, the House of Cards spinoff starring Brett Cole, where uh, if everything was just nuked at the end of the series, that would that would be a definitive end to House of Cards for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I just was watching it, when Claire is giving like her big rally with the women's marathon, and she was talking about how like, oh, my political opponents don't want my finger on the nuclear button because I'm pregnant, and uh, I should be able to ha- have nuclear weapons with whoever I want. Like, and everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> like, wait, what are we, what are we excited about? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I do think that's another reaction to current events, right? Because when Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump, she said, do you really want somebody who is as volatile on Twitter as he is to have his hand on the nuclear button? So um, I feel like we've really dove into like things that have happened in real life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I don't know where I'm supposed to come down on, you know, that seems like the shepherds are bad, but I feel like that the idea of less power in terms of the executive branch i'm not necessarily opposed to that and i feel like you bill (laughs) shepherd yeah (laughs) look uh, maybe we don't maybe we don't want one person to have so much power yeah well we will find out i mean claire still kept the power it sounds like so uh, maybe maybe the citizens of the united states will fight the power in the next episode maybe revolt or against her And the other big thing that has developed in these last four months that the story of the app has gotten out. The baby. No. The baby has developed quite a bit as well. The baby has developed a big, big baby bump for Claire Underwood. And we'll talk about the baby. Um, But the app has really been, uh, you know, a real firestorm has uh, uh, brewed about the app. People are mad about the invasion of privacy. Want to know who's responsible for this app that stole all our data? Yeah, I wish that we would have gotten this information about the app a few episodes ago. Like, now I understand the app. It trolled people's phones. It stole all of their information. And so there's, like, basically everybody's secrets are out there. It's like an episode of Black Mirror almost. I guess so. Uh, How many people were on the app? It seemed like that the Shepherds were staging big crises like the town that they had the gas leak and i guess that there was a flood like i don't really know what was the purpose of the app that millions of people got on it like i think it would have been better if uh you know duncan invented the the new candy crush and then <laughs> then that app was stealing all your data even like polyhop i feel like was uh like how what what was the functionality of the app that everybody got on it yeah, like a Pokemon Go almost. Sure, been. sure. Yeah. And the uh, app was stealing your data. But it seemed like that, like, oh, the, the the shepherds are making all these problems. And then the only way to get help for your problem is to download the app. And they've made, you know, created millions of gas leaks around the country. Yeah, I kind of think it's like a Google News app combined with Twitter and maybe like a little oh, bit of Facebook. Well, maybe if you want to watch Melody Cruz, you have to download <laughs> yeah. the like Shepherd app. All access. Yeah. In yeah. order to get the Melody Cruz live feeds, you have to have the uh, Shepherd Foundation app. Yeah. Shepherd Foundation All Access. Yeah. Zach, but I have to ask you about something because uh, Claire in her stump speech talked about these oligarchs, they are running this app 
and they are crawling your phone. And you know what? It's time to tell. It's time to wake up. We need to tell everybody to wake up and get rid of the bad guys. It looked like in the beginning of the episode, Claire Underwood could see Doug. She seemed to be waking up from a dream. Thematically, it does seem as though the idea of dreaming, waking up from a dream is out there. What does it mean? Oh, I don't know what it means, but I also noticed that because just a couple minutes before Claire like jumped up startled and looked at the camera um, after Doug had found the, the Frank Underwood diary. And then she told us to wake up um, and she did have her flashback. So I do think, you know, it's just kind of one of those themes. I think, you know, a lot of times in these episodes, there's just random themes that you know we notice because we take five pages of notes watching this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if there was any other dreaming uh, metaphors in this episode. I didn't I didn't really find much else. Do you think that we will have a reveal at the end of House of Cards Episode chapter number 73. It was all a dream. Claire Underwood it wakes up from she is uh, just accepted a proposal from Frank Underwood and her the entire last 40 years of her life have been a dream. I mean, I think if Probably that was 30 the years. case, we would have we seen a lot of articles about how they just, you know, talk about the worst ending in any <laughs> I mean, this, Yeah, you think that based on a dream. Right. So I don't know. I feel like that there is some some sort of symbolism here to the dream, waking up from the dream. We're actually in the Bob Newhart administration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did think it was interesting. I mean, you bring that up, but I did notice that every episode of House of Cards is chapter, you know, what are we in? Chapter 71? Uh, it's 72, right I think. 72. I mean, I, you always talk about the chapter number. I, I never pay attention to that. But Frank Underwood's diary, um, Doug Stamper did start chapter one of the mm. diary. And I did notice some of the things that uh, Doug Stamper was texting to people were phrases that were used in Frank addressing the audience. OK, uh, so I'm curious if whether it's overt or not, if this is supposed to be like we've been actually watching the TV show of Frank Underwood's diary. That's a very interesting thought because I have to admit that the idea of Frank Underwood keeping a diary seems uh, very counterintuitive to the type of person we knew Frank Underwood to be. Right. In fact, the um, uh, doctor who performed one of Claire's abortions had a doc uh, had a diary, which was found by Seth. And you feel like that if uh, Frank Underwood had a diary, he'd be saying, hmm, this could come back to bite me one day. I sh- maybe I should not be putting all these secrets down on paper. And then on top of that, then did somebody then take the diary and then do some sort of a, you know, a manual uh, typing it up? Did he send it out to go be transcribed? Yeah, like a like a legacy box or something, I think. Is that <laughs> how a legacy box works? Uh, not exactly, like, but mixed with audible. Maybe this is a maybe we should stop recording this podcast and create this company that you send your diary out and we'll create an audiobook from it. Well, this wasn't an audiobook. This got you know put onto like a, a Zoom. Yeah, well, it was like a, I mean, it's not a book on tape because people don't use tapes anymore. It's it's like the evolution of Frank Underwood's strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think I meant to say a Zoom. 
like a little like uh, what was that thing? It was like a palm pilot that I yeah, put on. It was, it was, that was why I thought maybe that uh, Doug did have to dug, dig up Rachel to get the phone from 2011 in order <laughs> to plug in whatever this memory card is to that phone. Was that what it was? <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I don't know why else. Maybe somebody else who. Yeah, maybe Rachel was that, and that was the only BlackBerry from 2013 that was around that got buried with Rachel. He could like couldn't go on eBay. Yeah, I mean, do you know where to find a Zune? <laughs> I know one person who had a Zune. He was a big Zune fan. Uh, back, he was like, Zune is going to be better than the iPod. Listen, <laughs> it's going to be better. And so, if I had like a Zune memory card and I had to plug it in, I would have to find him. And if he was dead, I'd have to find his body. <laughs> so. There's one point where Claire is on Air Force One and uh, she's having a moment and there's a doctor that comes in and says, you need fluids. And so was Claire then get like, a, was there a, a doctor who then gave her a labor inducing drug as a way to mess with Claire Underwood? Yes. Uh, and that doctor is Dr. Larson, who apparently was being paid by Annette Shepard to induce the labor and ultimately, I think, kill uh, Claire Underwood's baby. What? I mean, how did this happen? And, and <laughs> I mean, could you imagine this? Like uh, the uh, how, the doctor who's working on the the unborn child of our first woman president. This seems like a major security lapse that like this would be like a national scandal. Yes. Uh, and. You know, I don't want to, again, pull this into reality, but if you do just Google um, the current president's doctor, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, like that guy looks pretty crazy. <laughs> so. Wait, which guy? The guy with the long hair? Yeah. yeah, yeah but he's not like he's not Trump's from, doctor anymore. Trump uh, is uh, broke up with him. Well, and Dr. Larson is probably not Claire Underwood's doctor anymore either. Yeah. But uh, that, I mean, but that he, was a major. He, that guy does look like the the guy from Independence Day, right? The scientist <laughs> from Independence Day. What are we talking about? Trump's real life doctor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just an observation I had, like a year ago or, you know, a year and a half ago when they showed that guy on the news. <laughs> but I did not get the move for Annette Shepard to try and have Claire Underwood, Claire Underwood deliver a baby at 26 weeks. I mean, I think we've uh, really established, uh, you know, uh, what a baby would be like at 16 weeks. Uh, I know from my wife being uh, in the uh, neonatal intensive care unit at, at the hospital she works at that, um, you know, I think it's possible that, you know, the baby could uh, c- could be born, I think that early but it would be very very you know uh underdeveloped right i think i mean i don't think this was to develop i don't think this was she was like oh claire needs the baby soon no 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 no. but wouldn't this make i mean if if annette was only concerned with you know appearances and trying to undermine claire underwood that i really could see this where claire underwood is now up to a hundred percent favorability of that you know losing the baby and then uh, i feel like that part of the argument about why that she shouldn't have her finger on the nuclear button is because that she she is, you know, uh, all out of sorts from being pregnant. And that's what they're trying the You know, Annette is trying to put out there. And I feel like that, you know, um, wouldn't she have just complete sympathy from, you know, all parties at that point where she lost a baby? Yeah, but maybe it's that she can't focus on her job because she's so distraught from losing her baby. Um, or, you know, maybe this was the first assassination attempt on Claire Underwood. 
What, to have her d- deliver the baby early? Yeah, we'll deliver the baby early, and then I'm sure there's complications that come from delivering the baby early. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not an expert on this. No, I, I don't know. Um, so I, I didn't really get that, um, but let's talk about the assassination attempt, uh, because this seemed to me... Again, I know nothing of, you know, uh, arranging a murder. Let let the record show that uh, I have not I have not I have not taken these meetings. I have not been in a meeting where any of this stuff comes up. But I don't know. It seemed a little like uh, James Bond that there were positioning that many people in the room to work out the logistics of the assassination attempt. And then in terms of like, all right, well, uh, well, what do we think it's going to do to the stock market? Like, Oh, well we could lose up to 20, uh, 0.25 on the GDP. So that's acceptable. I think we could do it. It's uh, weird in the age of Polyhop and the shepherd foundation app. When it seems like nothing you do online is secret that, uh, Mark Usher is just running all these models of like, well, if we kill Claire Underwood while she's pregnant, it will do this. Mm-hmm. If we do it after she delivers the baby, it'll do this. And what will do the stock market? It's like, well, that's all in your Google or Polyhop search results. So it just seemed like there was a lot of people at that meeting of talking about the assassination. Yeah. And uh, they did kick some people out towards the end of the meeting. They said, all <laughs> right, well, now it's like the secret, secret meeting. So. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, Mark, I mean, Mark Usher is just like a, he, he's really dropped down. He was, like they said, he was the vice president and now he's just like some random hitman. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Brett Cole. Brett Cole had a lot to do here tonight. Yes. The, uh, star of house of cards Two or house of cards, the spinoff. Yes. Where the shepherds really want to get Brett Cole set up now. Again, four months have gone by. Claire Underwood has not named a vice president. Uh, This, uh, to me, I I felt like was a little hard to imagine. Yeah, it's pretty far-fetched. I mean, you would think this would be the leading story on the news every day. Like, all right, you know, we're now at day 60, we're at day 90, we're at day 100, and we don't have a vice president named. We don't even have a vice president. Like, anybody who's in the running for the vice president spot. I mean, our president who uh, went into some sort of a mental breakdown for three weeks that nobody saw her. <laughs> she's now, she's now with child. She is, she is now pregnant. Uh, may, uh, be, you know, maybe under the weather at any point, like, you know, any person who is, uh, you know, uh, in, in a pregnancy may miss a, you know, a day or two of work here or there. Seems like it would be a good time to have a vice president. No. And no contenders. Like no, they, no, yeah, it's not even not a, like a, if if you had to ask anybody in this House of Cards world, like who would you say is the leading front runner to become vice president? Like Nora. I mean, that's like the only other person who seems to have like a speaking role that's in this administration. Like, right, chief of staff, the the person who knocks on her door to tell her that. Brett Cole is there. I think based on what we see on the show, it would be the woman who is the uh, press secretary. But we didn't even see Kelsey in this episode. Kelsey, yeah. But that's the only other person that we see going on in in the uh, Hale administration. And then it's just like, uh, you know, a whole, um, you know, a room full of women that are her cabinet. 
Right. I mean, yeah, I think this is just kind of the plot being a little convenient that they're just trying to make it like, well, these are the stakes. If Claire Underwood dies, Brett Cole becomes president. Like, Mm -hmm. you kind of have your two sides. Yeah. You know, we just have to work our way into that because of the uh, the plot. Claire Underwood is saying that, oh, well, you know what? Honestly, Congress is dirty. Uh, You know, I'm going to wait for, you know, wait for this election. Wait, wait for the midterms before I name a vice president. Right. And wait for somebody who will jump in front of a bullet for her, which is uh, okay for foreshadowing yes why do you think that we're going to have a vice president name that will jump in front of a bullet well i mean just the bringing up the phrase will jump in front of a bullet for me as Mm -hmm. we're talking about people who are planning to assassinate her as we're heading into what is probably the series finale like that will probably be a key part of this so Mm -hmm. maybe nathan jumps in front of a bullet a bullet for her. Will we see Claire Underwood's child born in the finale and then the child will become the vice president? <laughs> I have another, named another my flesh own flesh and blood the vice president of the United States. I have seen her face and I will name her VP. <laughs> I will, I will, yes, I will name her Veep. <laughs> And she just comes out and it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus with little kicks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Breathtaking. She's a breathtaking yeah. uh, baby. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't know exactly uh, what, what's going to go on there. Uh, let's talk about uh, Nathan. Nathan Green. Nathan and for you. Yes. Yes. We had debated what, where is Nathan? What is his loyalty? Who is he loyal to? And we find out in this episode... When he goes and finds Doug, he says, look, uh, I just want to get out of this alive. Yeah. I mean, and we did get some setup for that with the talk of his newborn baby and mm-hmm. his family, which we've never actually seen. We've just heard about them. Um, I would like to go back in time and talk to us when we're talking about like season two or season three, when Nathan and Lucas are talking or Nathan and uh, and Gavin are talking with Cashew, yes. the guinea pig. And say, hey, you see this like really weird FBI guy? He's going to be a key player in the finale of this show. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. still here. This yeah. random FBI guy. <laughs> yeah. He went the distance. Yeah. Good for him. He didn't get sent off to Westworld. He didn't get sent off to Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. He didn't get sent off to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just still sticking around house cards. He's hanging in there. Um, Let's talk about uh let's talk about bruzo yeah bruzo came back into play yeah he came back into play uh can you explain what the pay for play deal was with a bruzo yeah it sounds like he got a loan to buy a lake house for his uh nephew grandson um seems like the, they bought off a bruzo uh kind of cheap no a well, lake house uh lake champlain that's that's supposed to be pretty nice isn't it yeah, I, I I guess so. I mean, uh, it just it seems a, li- a little far fetched that Abruzzo he was like the perfect guy that Claire would have you know the kind of judge that Claire wanted to have on the Supreme Court, but then he really was sold out to the Shepherds because they bought him a lake house. Yeah, well, it was for his you know for his family member who uh, needed to be able to swim every day, which doesn't really hold up because there's like there's pools there's other lakes there's ponds and if this guy is in line to be a supreme court justice he probably can afford a lake house you would think 
Yeah, it would be, uh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine like this, the real scenario here where, you know, the president has his, like a handpicked Supreme Court justice, but really the opposite party like bought them out for a lake house. Yeah. I mean, we did see uh, this works for me just because we saw earlier in the season that, you know, Usher and the Shepherds were pushing so hard. Sure. A whole episode about that. No, I, really I get it. This guy on the court. I get it. I, I understand that this was their guy that they wanted and they demanded it was him. But uh, I just feel like that, uh, that Abruzzo's uh, price to get bought out of a <laughs> lake house. Yeah. Is that, you know, it's not that impressive. I mean, uh, well, this better be some lake. Yeah, maybe in this economy. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's hard to get good property these days mm-hmm. they had it. And especially if lakefront property, yeah, if the shepherds are poisoning half the lakes in the country, like, yeah, this might be the, the one, ones. the one good lake. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did like Claire's line. I don't judge justice Abruzzo. So mm. that, there were some good, Claire had some good lines throughout this episode, but that was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's talk about, uh, Bill Shepard. Bill Shepard wasn't looking so hot. I didn't think he looked that bad, though. They yeah. talk about him like he's on his deathbed. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I think his hair is a little bit grayer. He doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. But he, he looks fine. Yes. Uh, he also is uh, talking crazy. Yes. Um, okay. He's he is just trying to get all of his affairs in order, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you describe it. OK. We also saw in this episode uh, Bill and Annette. Uh, officially adopted Duncan. I feel like that this was an odd time to go through with the adoption paperwork uh, right before Duncan is going to be the fall guy in the app scandal. Yeah, so I have a couple questions about that. Yeah. Uh, Number one, uh, is it common for a brother and sister to adopt a child together? Like, not in the Game of Thrones world? Yeah, I don't know. Is Duncan going to testify against his parents or can you not testify against your parents? I I don't I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. But like, is nobody asking like, okay, that's fine if one of them wants to adopt him. But like, this is a brother and sister. That's just I mean, I don't want to judge Justice Abruzzo, but like, this is weird. Mm -hmm. Who cares about Duncan and his adoption? Yeah. And also, isn't Duncan an adult? Like, do you adopt adults? You I don't. I, I I think I guess you can. I mean, does somebody want to adopt me? I'm an adult. <laughs> do a, does a pair of brother and sister want to adopt Zach? Yeah, they, I, I'm taking applications, but they must be siblings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Did you like when Seth gave a uh, Seth talk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seth talk. That's, yes. Uh, that, that would be the hashtag for this episode, Seth talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it was, it was very Mark Zuckerberg-esque. Yeah, I, I like, like it. Okay, I get it. This is Facebook. He's like, the Shepherds have the most progressive platform in the history. Uh, and everybody is like, what? He's like, oh, you guys are so programmed. Yeah. Don't believe did, everything you read. It did make me think, like, thinking about Facebook. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Facebook is kind of a shady company. I'm like, oh, man, is there like a Shepherd Foundation that secretly started Facebook? And, like, it wasn't really Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and they made that movie about it. Yes, exactly. Just to just to throw everybody off the sun. Yeah. How's that social network movie holding up, everybody? Uh, Bill Simmons says it's the greatest movie of like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he did like hours of podcasting about the social network, and I haven't seen it since it came out, but he said it just he loves it. Yeah, OK, yeah. can't wait for the sequel. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought when it came out, I was like, oh, shouldn't we wait and see like what Facebook ends up being? Not knowing what it would end up being, but who's going to uh, play Cheryl Sandberg in the sequel? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe Diane Lane. <laughs> Diane Lane would be great. Yeah, <laughs> she just comes right over. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about the flashback. Young Claire Underwood. The flash uh, drive. You know, full of flash, uh, the flashback, the flashback. And we see the young Claire Underwood. Um, Was there a context here of why we saw this flashback in this episode? Yeah. um, Well, I mean, I guess it's the moment that she, you know, she has her choice and um, she did not say, I choose me. Mm. Um, No, she said, I choose Frank Underwood. Did we know who Reed was before? I don't think so. Yeah, I was like, damn it, Reed, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. And uh she is uh she's with 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 this guy and uh that uh, yeah everybody always says about Frank Underwood, but the sex can't be possibly be good with him. Yeah, I guess it's just like it's an unspoken secret with Frank Underwood <laughs> and his, his college friends. Seems like it's a dig at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Frank Underwood? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he'd be terrible. Yeah, they just keep bringing up Kevin Spacey and sex in the same in the same sentence. They're like, "We don't want to remind you, but we kind of want to remind you about what happened." Mm-hmm. Claire Hale wants every door to be wide open and stay that way. I did appreciate this is the first that we've gotten of like what does Claire actually want? Because I mm-hmm. feel like this whole season we've been like, "All right, well, like Claire want to be president? Does she want to be like in power forever? Does she? Yes. Want so I guess she wants door. I mean, apparently she's been like really feminist this whole time. Yeah. Well, that's what I would love to know about. You know, uh, does this hold up? And, and I was talking about this from like the first episode of the season where I felt like that we were a little bit changing the character here in this final season to make Claire Underwood uh, really a protagonist in this story, where maybe she had not been one previously. Does Claire Underwood's feminist values, do they hold up in the first five seasons of the show? I know that, you know, outwardly, uh, you know, yes, in her vice presidential uh, candidacy. But I I wonder if they, you know, I feel like that the character has changed to reflect the times uh, in in this universe, maybe more so than, you know, uh, how events have unfolded in the House of Cards universe. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, um, you know, I do think if you went back and watched this whole series, watching it as like, this is the Claire Underwood story, not the Frank Underwood story. Mm -hmm. It would play a lot differently. But I just always felt like Claire and Frank both just wanted power. And Claire was never like, oh, I'm going to be the first female vice president. That makes that makes me feel so good. That's what I've always wanted. And I'm going to be the first this. I'm going to be the first president. Like it. I don't think we really had that going on. It was just kind of like. They both just wanted to get power and keep power as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially before this season, and this might be something you talk about after the whole series is done, but the term house of cards, it always felt like Frank was building up this house of cards that was going to crumble. And even if it was actually Claire is building up a house of cards, that's going to crumble. I don't think we're in for like, Oh, there's this one linchpin that's going to crumble the whole house of cards in the finale. 
why did America hate Claire Underwood in the second season? Like, I remember there were like literal like protests. Tens of thousands of people were outside the Underwood apartment protesting Claire Underwood. They hated her so much. Do you remember why? Uh, I think that was the season where there was a lot of the abortion journal that you brought up earlier. That was a big part of the season. Yeah, that's what um, it was. And didn't she, was there something about like her wearing something? I might be making that up, but I thought she wore some outfit that caused a big scandal. Yeah, I felt like that there was a woman soldier, and then she tried like uh, I think that oh, Fra- yes. it was. I think Frank put her in charge of the United in uh, in front charge of the United Nations. Was that also the same season? Yes. Uh, that was either two or three. That might have been three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're really you're really I, I, digging back. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I was like, look, these turned out to be important stuff. So um, I feel like that was, maybe she was running a charity, Claire Underwood, in the second season. And then when Frank became president, that she she wanted to be in charge of the United Nations. Yeah, I think I think we were kind of mixing all because she definitely was running that water charity to start the series. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I just I, don't, I can't remember why everybody hated her. I remember then she met with like a woman soldier, and then the woman soldier I think also told her off. Right. Yeah, I think that's right, which is mm-hmm. we did see something like that earlier in the season when she mm-hmm. met the woman soldier. Um, but I bet if you quizzed 100 people in the House of Cards universe and said, yes or no, did Claire Underwood lead the United Nations at some point in the last few years? Fifty <laughs> percent are getting that right. Yeah. And it was a disaster. Yeah. They have to take it. It's a Petrov to remove her. Yeah. And yeah. In, uh, Kathy Durant. OK, so. Melody Cruz, what a turnaround for Melody Cruz. Went from, like, uh, I mean, this is uh, so crazy that this would be like, you know, Alex Jones uh, has uh, left his spot and now is going to, uh, you know, get to sit down <laughs> in the in the Oval Office with the, the person that he's been condemning. I like this would be like uh, Alex Jones during the Obama administration, like uh, leaves his post and then just like does like a straight like interview with uh, Barack Obama in the White House. Yeah. Uh, Melody Cruz knows where her bread is butter. And the bread was no longer being buttered by the shepherd's side. So, you know, she goes to meet with Claire and says, hey, listen, I can get your message out. I can make things work for you. So, But uh, but what I, I just like, she's like, yeah, I was like, you know, playing a part. And I don't want to play that part anymore. It's like, well, get out of here. Who are you? Yeah. Just a, what is this? in front of a green screen. <laughs> well, why are we why were you saying all those crazy things? Because the shepherds were paying her. Yeah, I guess so. But why? Who, who do you work for now? What is this? Yeah, I think she's trying to angle to be, you know, basically the press secretary. Maybe we're going to see a Melody Cruz versus Kelsey standoff in the last episode. That would be a good use of our last hour of the show. Standoff for who can be press secretary moving forward. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. Um, later on in the episode, uh, we have everything going on with uh, with Doug Stamper and Doug Stamper that he finally he gets brought in to go meet uh, with Annette Shepard and uh, that they, they want uh, she doesn't come out and say it, but she's like, uh, like hey, I think you need to, uh, you know, t- it's time to take down Claire Underwood. Yeah, they have the same goal, which is uh, to take down Claire and uh, I guess to protect Frank's legacy. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Doug does not really seem to salivate about this opportunity, right? Not until the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, I what? do like. I do like Doug as the potential like presidential assassin, though. Like you can totally see how they could make that a scene in the 
in the show where Doug, if Doug kills Claire, they can say, oh, you know, Doug had all these issues. He was in the psychiatric home. He worked for Frank Underwood. He had obsession. He had substance abuse problems. Um, it does really work that if somebody is going to be the one to assassinate the president and, and the Underwood Underwood Hale administration, that like they could paint Doug as as the assassin for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so than Lucas when uh, Lucas tried to kill Frank. And also that, uh, you know, uh, Doug stands to gain from there not being an Underwood baby because then the baby is the heir to the Underwood fortune. Oh, yeah. Great point. I guess. I mean, uh, I haven't really talked too much about the Underwood fortune, but. Yeah, they still haven't spelled out what exactly. Is yeah, there, we, we won't we won't get that. Um, did Doug break the fourth wall at the end of the episode, Zach? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, and I mm-hmm. like that. I was like, all right, cool. So we had Frank for the longest time. Then we got Claire later on in the series and now the episode before the finale we finally saw that doug is breaking the fourth wall as well will we find out who killed frank underwood in the finale i don't think so and that's kind of disappointing i thought you know especially in the premiere i thought that the who killed frank underwood was going to be a running theme throughout the episode or throughout the season but um yeah i don't i i don't think we're going to get an answer to that i I think we will I, i could see it coming up if we have some sort of a standoff between Doug and Claire and, you know, he has like a gun and she's like, don't you know, Doug, I killed Frank under like uh, and like I could see it coming up in some sort of a dramatic standoff. So could it be anybody except Claire? Who would it be? The Shepherds? The Shepherds is the only I mean, it's not Doug, obviously. I mean, um, are we going to get a, a big reveal that you, Bill Shepard was the. Person that took out Frank Underwood. What about Reed? Ah, he came back. <laughs> yeah, he came back. I mean, like, I, why? Yeah. Why Reed? Why? Why this guy? Like, why couldn't it be a Josh? It's got to be a Reed. <laughs> You're really uh, hitting the uh, Survivor jokes tonight. I know. I wrote them all in my. <laughs> I wrote them all in my notes. It uh, is Survivor. In, in fairness, it is. Uh, yeah, it you know, uh, twenty minutes before Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't. I also just why in general is it Reed? Because like they couldn't they, they should have been bill shepherd mm-hmm. they should have made that guy bill shepherd it would have made so much more sense bill she- I, but i think that this was sort of like you know a strapping young guy i don't know if that was exactly ever bill shepherd why not i don't know i, I don't um, think they've ever painted bill shepherd as like a rags to riches story no he's not a rags to riches but i think that this guy is like you know the captain of the football team and he's like what frank underwood that yeah. uh, i mean uh, it, just, it, it, couldn't, it should have been somebody that we have that either introduce this Reed guy at some point throughout the series or make this guy be somebody important, not just some random guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, we'll get some emails that, you know, he did at some point have his name brought up in the, uh, in the show. Yeah. Reed was actually Raymond Tusk. Raymond, <laughs> yeah. Reed is short for Raymond. Yes. <laughs> um, what about Claire tearing the Oval Office apart? I, I was a little unclear of how she was able to piece that together like oh there must have been something left here in the oval office she found the tape she found the piece of tape yeah but what what made her go crazy that had to have that sort of like wild hair of like i bet there was something in here yeah i don't know maybe she remembered four months in the past and she Mm -hmm. said uh you know oh i left doug stamper in here all by himself that one time it must be that 
Right. I mean, if you told me that there was a million dollar check hidden in my office, I think at no point would I ever think to take the drawers out and then uh, look on the, you know, upside down on the, on the, on the drawers and then, uh, would, would find it. So, yeah. uh, and then you've rich, you've ripped like four drawers out and you're like, oh, right. let me try the sixth drawer. Right. And then, uh, oh, here's a piece of tape. That must, that must have been it. Yeah, I mean, before then, she is talking to she's talking to Nathan and talking about how they can't find Doug um, and that Doug is is ranting and raving like a crazy person. And so maybe that tips her off that he's acting like Frank and he's saying things that Frank would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she does say, I will not reap what your father has sown to her unborn baby. Yeah. OK. Um, speaking of the unborn baby, Claire sits, sings, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream if you see a crocodile, don't forget to scream. Why? Why do we end the episode on that? What is the significance? Who is the crocodile? Is she the crocodile? Um, I guess the people coming for her are the crocodile. I have no idea. Is that? I didn't even know if that was the actual lyrics of that song. I guess I, I think that's the like the jokey that. lyrics of it. I, I don't know if that's a, the official. Uh, uh, you know, it's a row, row, row your. Well, actually, okay. So just to tie this back to wake up. Traditionally, as uh, you know, a person who hears a lot of nursery rhymes, it's row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Instead, she does not say life is but a dream. Yeah, she says the alternate lyrics. That, she that says tie into the the dream. That's what I'm that's saying. Good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Frank Underwood, I, I mean, I like that because I wrote down rower next to that because Frank Underwood was all about the rower. <laughs> oh, the rowing machine? Yeah, the rowing machine. Yes. <laughs> does Claire Underwood have crocodile tears? Does she cry? Uh, yeah, I don't know what crocodile tears are. I feel like I always hear crocodile it's like tears. Fa- it's like fake tears. Fake like, tears. oh, okay. like, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, was Gabby really crying at tribal council or those crocodile tears? Oh, you hitting the survivor now. Yeah, those, uh, the crocodile tears. I'm sure we've seen Claire Underwood with crocodile tears. Um, I feel like it was earlier this season that we saw Claire fake crying. Mm. So. Interesting. Yeah, row, row, row your boat for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, that, nope. I mean, that was a good, that was a good way to finish. It was, it was kind of dark. Yeah. If you see a crocodile, don't forget to scream. That's a, has there been a crocodile at all in the show? In the swamp? Drain the swamp? Is there yeah, crocs maybe, in there? I mean, maybe is she gonna, is she gonna get bit by a crocodile? Who's the crocodile? Doug Stamper, maybe. Doug is a crocodile? Well, the scene before then, Doug is shaving and cuts mm-hmm. himself and then looks at his hand and he literally has blood on his hands. Mm. That's good. Do you like Doug with a beard or without the beard? Uh, I thought Doug with the beard worked well to show that there's been at least like a couple months that have passed. Yeah. But then when like he shaved, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is the Doug we know. Yeah. It's like, let's give Doug like a big David Letterman beard. Yeah. Show exactly. the passage of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i can't believe it we're on to the finale of house of cards yeah it's crazy we have a lot of open ends um i have a couple written down that we still need to find out the answer to okay uh, give me the open ends what do you got all right um so the first is frank underwood's death yeah we get an answer to frank underwood's death 
Okay. Do you want to uh, like uh, take our our quiz here? Yeah, okay. might as well. Okay, Frank's death. I say yes. Yeah, I'll say no. Okay. I don't think we get firm confirmation of who killed him and how. But the okay. cl- I want the clue ending. I want that. I want that envelope from Clue Red. Or yeah. it could have been. <laughs> oh, so we get like a whole bunch. Of yeah, we get like four endings. endings. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Netflix ending is one. The Amazon Prime ending is a different one, and the mm-hmm. Clue ending is a third. Yeah. All right. Um, I also have Duncan Shepard. What about uh, him? Just, just do we get caught? Like, does does Duncan Shepard go to prison? Does he just you know he was arrested at the end of this episode um, and taken away on camera? Very convenient timing that they arrested him when the mm-hmm. news crew was there. Do we get any more information about like? Duncan, does he end up in prison? Do we find out more about his parentage? I think that's probably why I wrote it down, actually, is like, who are his actual parents? Um, is he is he Bill Shepard? Is he Reed's child? I wonder if we tie in Frank's diary to like the app where like if we get the, you know, the Frank's diary to Duncan, where all of the Underwood secrets are sort of like sent out to everybody as like a, a SMS alert on their app. What if Frank's diary has a line in there about how he slept with the housekeeper? Mm, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what do you think a the- convenient way to give us Duncan's real parentage? What do you think about the two types of pain? The pain that makes you strong and then useless pain. Um, I do like that because we, um, I believe we heard Claire Underwood say that in the premiere um, when she addressed us. And I would be curious if you went back to some of the early seasons, was that what Frank Underwood said when he killed the dog in the first episode? Mm. Um, I don't remember exactly. And I don't want to go back and watch all the early episodes again. Um, But we definitely, you know, there was a line about how, Claire is different to me than Zoe is, which was definitely something that he said to the audience, which clued me in that a lot of his diary phrases were things that he said when he was breaking the fourth. Okay, so I'm looking at uh, from a article on Parade.com, not written by Mike Bloom, uh, Frank Underwood's 15 best quotes from House of Cards. Uh, And uh, on this on this list of uh, 15 best quotes from uh, Frank Underwood. Uh, He says, uh, there are only two kinds of pain, the sort of pain that makes you strong or useless pain, Uh, the sort of pain that's only suffering. I have no patience for useless things. And is that when he killed the dog? I believe. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't say. I'm almost positive that was when he killed the dog in the first episode. So uh, will be a good tie in. That's a good way to use that mm -hmm. that memorable line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah. So that was uh, a great Frank Underwood uh, quote. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next open end is: Do we see the baby uh, alive? Baby or delivered. Uh, who would raise it? Who would raise the baby? Um, I think Brett Cole is next in line to raise the baby. Mm, Duncan. Duncan. Uh, <laughs> oh no, 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 Brett Cole, please. Nora, maybe. Hmm. <sighs> I will I, I will say yes. I think that uh, you don't introduce a baby here in the final season of House of Cards to not have said baby be born. Yeah. Baby be born. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that I, I think that Claire will die and the baby will live. Claire died so the baby could live. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's still not very far. Away. She's what? Well, four months. 26 weeks. There could be time jump. Could be. Yeah. It could be another couple of weeks later. 
Yeah. So we get another. So Doug shaved that beard just to have another beard grow right back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He shaved it again. Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. So we have the uh, assassination attempt. Do we see Mm. an assassination attempt? Uh, Most definitely. What what, what do you say about the baby? Oh, um, we're going to get the baby. Yeah, uh, I think so. Okay. I think, you know, I think maybe she starts going into labor right when the assassination attempt is going to happen. But yeah. the labor will be a, a part of this. We have to have a big action scene. At the end. I really thought we were having a fake baby bump up until I, you know, heard the baby heartbeat on the ultrasound. Oh, wow. So you thought she was wearing like a thing. I mean, the actress probably was, but like you thought that Clara. Would be wearing <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that Robin Wright actually got pregnant for the <laughs> final season of House of Cards. I think that's called method acting. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there was there, we did have questions in the last episode, like, oh, yeah, she's faking this pregnancy or something. We still don't know. Like, is it actually Frank Underwood's baby that we um, don't know? Although she did say to the baby, you know, you will not I will not reap what your father has sown. So she did in private say to the baby mm-hmm. that father was Frank. So now um, what was the what was the, we got a tweet about in vitro fertilization? Yeah. So somebody brought up the point that. Claire Underwood early in the series early in the season met with mm-hmm. a doctor and the doctor said the prognosis is not good. The prognosis is negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a few episodes later, once we found out Bill Shepard was sick, we said, oh, that's what she was meeting with Bill Shepard's doctor. Um, but somebody and I don't have the tweet in front of me, but somebody did tweet that um, the doctor was probably her doctor about her pregnancy. Which is uh, good. That's a good observation, although prognosis negative about the pregnancy might not be um, might not be the best analysis for this baby so after frank underwood's death uh and let me okay uh this is from uh sophie fatale 82 on twitter so guys in episode one of house of cards claire talked to a doctor about a procedure doctor says something like i'm not sure about the odds this late in life clearly referring to the pregnancy it was obvious in my opinion i vote in vitro fertilization uh maybe previously uh, prepared with frank so did frank underwood have some sort of a sample left on file and then claire went and then uh went through with the process of an in vitro fertilization yeah that would be literally frank underwood's legacy that he left behind um, yes and i do like that line prognosis you know it wasn't just prognosis was bad but the prognosis this late in life referring not to the baby's life but to claire being yes her age yes yes so that was a great catch uh by sophie um why did she do this oh sympathy to take doug's uh will whatever is in whatever is in frank's will that doug was going to be inheriting she wanted to take that away um you know, just what does right Frank now. Underwood finally, have that's so valuable that she well, would go through with this out. if she doesn't yeah, she, if she didn't want a baby? The magic lamp. We're going to find out what the magic lamp is. And then maybe that's what they talk about when she goes in the flashback and meets Frank. And she's like, I'm not sure if I want to be with you. And he says, well, listen, I have this genie and you only get him if we get married and then I die. And so mm-hmm. that's what it's all been about. Yeah. All right. A- any other loose ends you feel like we need to tie up? Um, so we have Bill Shepard's death. Definitely. Bill Shepherd definitely. Die. Bill Shepard will definitely die. Yeah. Probably early in the episode, right? Like maybe that's how the cold open is Bill Shepard on his deathbed. And what, why doesn't Bill Shepard take out Claire Underwood? Yeah. What does he have to lose? Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and then, uh, the nuclear device as well. Do we see the nuclear device? I well, say we no. Have this, we have all this Russian stuff and I, they bring up Ico after like a season and a half. Um, and the, the, the nuclear button 
So I think we are going to have some sort of nuclear situation happening in the next. Yeah, episode. I mean, we did have Claire Underwood get her hands on the nuclear codes a couple of times in season four. Uh, so, but do you think a nuclear uh, device will be detonated? No, I don't think so. That would, okay. I mean, unless they're just going to nuke the entire show, you know, and it like fades to white. Hey, then, that's a that's a way you could go. Yes. <laughs> fade to white um and then uh the uh bill shepherd dying you said yes right yeah i think so okay all right so the only things that we disagree on of the um are we going to have the frank death reveal i say yes you say no and then uh we are on the same page and everything else <laughs> good yeah we're lockstep okay. after okay. 70 whatever episodes that we've done of this we're in lockstep Yes. Uh, we have a, a lot of different people in our uh, death draft. Yeah. And um, I did say that we would see Petrov again and you did not. You said okay. we did not see him. So okay. I won that one. You got that. You got that one. OK. All right. Um, do we have any questions about Chapter 72? We do. Uh, believe it or not, Johnny DeSilvera sent us a question. OK. Oh, OK. Yes. Uh, will Janine. We haven't talked about Janine much. Will Janine suffer the same fate as Tom, Zoe and Lucas? Uh, we're, no, we're not going to kill Janine. I mean, she's carrying on the legacy, just like we saw the torch being carried in this episode. She is carrying the torch of, yeah. I don't even know what she's investigating at this point. She is like when all is the dust settles, somebody needs to write the story. I mean that there was um, a conversation with Doug, with Janine uh, and Janine is the one saying like, help me finish the story. So she is, she is the, you know, final torch holder of, of Zoe, of Lucas, of Tom Hammerschmidt, like uh, that she represents the culmination of that angle of six seasons of the show. Yeah, I guess. I just don't know what I mean, what they're going to talk about Pete Rousseau. Like, she will live. She will write the definitive story of all of this. Of House of Cards. Of it, House of Cards. Side note, it does really bother me when they say Tom and they're referring to Hammerschmidt. And I always think they're talking about Tom Yates. <laughs> yeah. What happened but, to Tom Yates's body, by the way? Do we ever... I think it's still in the freezer. Um, I mean, it's we, Thanksgiving might be yeah. time to thaw that out. And what happened with uh, the collusion between uh, Mark and uh, Mark Usher and Russia? Yeah, Mark Usher is just free and is now kind of just like setting up political assassination. There's no collusion. He, uh, he was fine. He was fine. Yes. Okay. All right, um, Zach. Let me just take a moment and thank our sponsor here as uh, we are headed to the home stretch of House of Cards. And those are our friends over at betonline.ag as we head into another big football weekend, week number 12 in the National Football League. Uh, I can't believe it. We're almost to like. You know, almost playoff time. So much going on with the podcast one sports net challenge. Did not have a great week last week. Admittedly did not. That was not my best week. Yeah, I was kind of sad watching. I mean, I was happy the Lions won, but like mm-hmm. I watched that game and um, yeah. the Panthers went for two at the end of that game. Yeah, would have had that if. Yeah, that was moronic. That was and, real and then I lost on two last second field goals as well. Uh, when the Broncos beat the Chargers and when the Raiders beat the Cardinals. So it was a uh, tough sledding in the podcast one sports net challenge for me last week. Uh, still in fourth place heading into this weekend's games. Uh, here's my week 12 
picks real quick. I've got the Ravens. Uh, they are hosting the Raiders. I've got the Patriots. Uh, no chance that they are losing to the Jets this weekend. I've got the Colts hosting the Dolphins. I take the Steelers again on the road against the Broncos in my lock of the week for the second week in a row. Even though they lost as my lock of the week last week. The Chargers, they're going to get things right this week uh, as they host the Arizona Cardinals and so much going on in the NFL. You got all of these uh, Thanksgiving games with uh, Chicago going to Detroit, uh, Washington at Dallas, Atlanta at New Orleans. Great divisional matchups were there. And then in college football, big matchups with Michigan versus Ohio State, Washington versus oh, Washington State, Florida versus Florida State, Notre Dame at USC and much more. There's only one place to get in on all the action. That's betonline.ag. Don't wait any longer. Use a promo code podcast one to receive a 50% sign up bonus. That's podcast one for a 50% sign up bonus. Go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today and try in-game live betting where you can participate with all of the action on every play. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, Zach. Uh, Did so- you see that uh, after the Rams, that crazy Monday Night Football game with the Rams and the Chiefs this week, that the city of Los Angeles tweeted that they congratulated their team, the Rams, like there's not another team in LA that would be mm. two weeks in a row. So. Yeah, uh, maybe well, maybe the Chargers will feel slighter than they'll play really well. Yeah, because the Chargers are like, you know, at, at the worst, like a top eight NFL team and they really get like uh, no respect. Right. They're right. In the, they've always been right in the middle for like 15 years. They're not terrible. They're not great. They're just always somewhere hovering in the middle. And um, they really moved to L.A. at the wrong time. They moved to L.A. right when like Big Brother showed up at the exact same time and was way better. Mm hmm. All right, Zach. So we are going to come back and talk about the House of Cards finale. Oh, my God. Chapter 73. Are you pumped up? Yeah. You know, it's bittersweet. Um, When I was watching this episode and I was watching the intro, which I I still think House of Cards is one of the best uh, intro credit scenes of any show. And I was like, oh, I'm only going to watch this like two more times unless I, for some reason, go back and watch all the episodes, which, you know, might happen. But there's a lot of good shows. Seems unlikely. I mean, not that I don't like this show, um, because I really do. I think it's well made. And if it keeps going, I'd be totally down with that. But I have like 50 shows on my list to watch. I haven't (laughs) watched The Genius yet. So I watched one season of The Genius. Or The Co-Genius. Yes, I got to watch The Genius, too. So there's (laughs) too many other shows out there to watch. All right, Zach, can't wait to get into it. Uh, One more time, the House of Cards finale recap. Uh, We'll get to it uh, sometime this weekend. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.